Hey everyone, before we get started, I want to try something new with y'all. My goal is to get Business Meets Spirituality to 200 reviews on the Apple Podcast by September 1st. We're currently sitting at 101 reviews. We need 99 more reviews and I know we can do this. Our community is so much larger than this. We should be way over a thousand reviews right now, but let's get to 200. But I also want you to understand why this is really important to us. Getting more reviews and the speed of reviews that you get is of paramount importance to getting more people to discover your podcast on Apple Podcast. It is really the number one way to do it. So from getting us to 101 to 200, we're not just getting 99 more reviews. We're opening up the podcast to thousands of more people who didn't know about the show before, but now because of these extra reviews, people will know about the show. It is the best way to grow a community around a podcast. So thank you. And why is this number important? Because this is a message in a movement that I believe can positively impact the way we interact with each other, our businesses, employees, our families, ourselves, and the world at large. We can be whole and complete inside, no matter what is going on externally, we can be wildly successful and have inner peace. I want to help show people the way. Now, if we hit our goal, I'm going to host a Zoom coffee chat for all of our listeners. It'll be a great way to meet each other on Business Meet Spirituality community, as well as for you to meet you and I and can answer questions about spirituality, entrepreneurship, health, wealth, leadership, creating impact, etc. whatever we want to discuss. It'll be open chat. Now or after the show, head to Apple Podcast app and give Business Meet Spirituality a reviews. Thanks in advance, everybody. And now on to the show. Hey, everybody, I'm Adam Hergenrother. This is Business Meets Spirituality. We believe in personal growth through business success. I am joined by my chief of staff, Hallie. Hallie, it's the afternoon and I am fired up and talking really fast. I just noticed how fast I'm talking right now. So it's, that seems normal to me, though. Does it? Okay. Yeah. I, was, I was trying to like, I'm like, wow, am I really this loud right now? Yes. Okay. Sorry. You were like right before you turned up the volume and you were like, but you're going to start yelling. So turn yeah, it back down. Yeah. Yeah, no. um, today we're super excited about um, this conversation. Uh, this is to kind of paint the picture of where real estate's going in the future uh, for agents and consumers. So regardless of what side of the fence you're on. Um, and we just want to talk a lot about um, real estate teams, expansion teams, real estate platforms, and how they uh, service the clients. So regardless, again, if you're a client listening to this and just interested in where the real estate's going, uh, um, or to other people that are in real estate into where real estate is going itself, you guys will have some interest in this. So one of the reasons why we did this is we wrote an article um, for Inman that laid out kind of our predictions of where real estate um, was going. And we laid it out in the way of like, why are all these big, massive teams joining other teams and really kind of starting off by defining you know, what are all these different names in there? Because if you're a consumer, sometimes we hear like, what's a team? What's a brokerage, right? What are those type of things? Well, I think even, I don't necessarily know if this is true, but I mean, my, until I started in real estate, my ex general exposure to real estate was HGTV, yeah. you know, Bravo TV shows like Million Dollar Listing, which nothing wrong with those shows. They're amazing. Yeah. Um, but they usually show a single agent yeah. doing real estate transactions, working with a client. But they don't show often, although I think there's a few who are starting to show this more often, um, and even just in media and all of that, are all of these massive like partners and engines behind this yes. one single real estate agent who's doing the interaction with the client. There's a yes. whole lot of other stuff going on behind, behind the scenes, which I never knew yeah. um, until I got into real estate. Yeah. Um, and real estate teams have been continuing to grow and emerge as the dominant force in the industry. It's not... I don't actually have the stat in front of me, but it's not as um, prevalent just to have these single agents. Yeah. 
Well, it's really interesting. You know, and real estate started with the gold jacket, Century 21 back then. It was predominantly, which it still is predominantly driven by women, by the way, which is pretty cool to have an industry that's driven by women. There's more women than there are men in real estate, which is awesome. And um, it was all about single agents being supported from brokerages, right? Mm. And so there was like, and it started by um, having women who were, um, essentially stay at home, which is a whole job in itself. So I don't know how they were doing too, but taking on another, almost like a part-time job. Mm-hmm. And that's how it started. And then they started going well, full-time flexi- into it. Yes, flexibility into it being an agent. And then ramp up into the mid 2000s and about 2006, when I got into it, you know, teams, which just means, you know, you have a, you know, a lead agent and you have maybe a buyer agent and some admin kind of supporting you basically, instead of the brokerage supporting you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, at that point, maybe teams are doing 30 million, 40 million. It was like the largest in the country. And then basically since over the last 14 years, teams have exploded, right? Real estate commissions have had a real tough time trying to keep up with this of just providing and defining laws for real estate teams so that consumers understand all this. Um, and so now we're kind of entering this whole era where, you know, while a consumer is dealing directly with an individual agent, mm-hmm. they then are going to be dealing with a whole suite of services that the team provides to add value directly during the transaction and throughout the whole year to the people that are doing business with them, which will explain in what a real estate platform is in a few minutes. Well, yeah, and I was going to say, depending on which model, yes, um, which I'm going to have you define in a second, depending on which model they may be communicating with that consumer five years prior to their sale, yes. five years. And then actually in theory for the, the rest of that life. <laughs> consumer's exactly. life, yes. um, offering various services, um, along the way or just staying in touch and, and providing value yeah. to them. Cause one of the coolest things about real estate is the actual interaction in the closeness. And that's why most people get into exactly. it. Yeah. You know, there's more, I was just not right. Uh, the air this morning on a radio show and, and they were, we were talking about it and you know, more people, uh, we're using and asking for an agent at any other time in history right now because yeah. of how confusing things are. Yes. But what, what they don't, what they really need to is the agent themselves are really good interacting and having the information, but they're not good in all the rest of the stuff. That's mm-hmm. why teams were born was because a real estate agent who's really good at interacting with a client and helping them negotiate and set pricing and set the marketing thing isn't really the best marketer, right? In terms of how it actually gets done. They may mm-hmm. set the vision for it. They're not the best in terms of communicating directly with the client throughout the rest of the year or providing the different value because they're doing really, all the paperwork, doing all the paperwork, the transaction file, it's coordinating everybody. And that's why teams are really born is because agents woke up and started realizing, Hey, I can actually create a little business here. Mm-hmm. I can actually start adding leverage in here, but the leverage is for me. But the reality is what's happening is it's actually creating a better experience for the client. Exactly. And that's, what's driving all of this is that the end consumer is getting a better experience. It'd be like, you know, you have 50 different coffee shops in one town or you have one coffee shop that, you know, that's the same brand that may have 20 different brands knowing you get the same experience with this. Mm-hmm. So we always like to look at this in terms of, well, I was going to say that's if it's an expansion team. Yeah. That's so why don't we, why don't yeah, we talk say, about let's, those? Let's define. But one other thing I was going to add real quick is that, um, as it, well, I was going to say, let, we'll talk about that when we get into platforms. Yeah. Well, it, so you have this still, you still have a single agent, right? So just yes. so to confuse people like a brokerage, by the way, is a brokerage that is operating in a state or multiple states that agents who are doing business in that state have to um, be associated with a brokerage. And right. Like to be a broker in Remax, charge. Yes. Century 21, Keller Williams. Those are all yes. brokerages. Exactly. Yep. So they're all, those are all brokerages that are there. Then underneath the brokerage, you can have the single agent, which is just an agent that is dealing directly and they're pretty much doing everything. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's still some wonderful single agents that are there, mm-hmm. but it's really grown up and started seeing this as teams. So yes. why don't you define us to what the basic element of what a team is? I was going to say, well, let me have you define them, but here are the three 
in our opinion and how we like to define them, there's kind of three models of a team. One is a real estate team. Mm -hmm. The second one is an expansion team, which is becoming much more common. Mm -hmm. And then the third is a real estate platform as a service or what we'll just call it real estate platform for short. Yeah. And so the, the first team, the first definition of that is basically like you have a rainmaker who they're like, the, the, you typically the person's name on the sign, mm-hmm. name on the marketing, like Adam Hergenrother or Holly Warner or something like whatever that would be on there. And then they have a group now, they probably have a couple employees, one handling like kind of a general administrative marketing, you have transaction coordination, listing management, right? Typically on that kind of that, that team. And then you probably have some buyer agents who are helping clients who are they're getting leads in to help to show um, other properties that are listed, right? They're dealing directly with buyers and you have listing agents and they could be one of the same. They don't have to be exclusively just buyers. They can work with both buyers and sellers, but they're helping consumers as well too on your platform. So you have, you have a, it's a small platform, but it's a, it's a team like, so an agent may be underneath Adam Hergenrother team. They're doing listings and they're working with Joe. Um, and if they're, they're working with them, then once they get the listing, they may bring it back to the team and the team will service that listing with them as well too. Yeah. And those are, they usually serve one market. Yes. One state. Yes. Maybe, yeah. maybe two states if they're like on a, on a board in a border yeah. city. Yeah. Um, but they're serving essentially one. It's a geographic area. It's yes. most likely one probably a 30, 45 minute geographic area nationwide. And, now, these, and I was going to just add that these teams can be massive. Yes. And highly, highly profitable, big sales numbers serving one market. That's what, or it can be a a small team serving, you know, 10 clients a year. It doesn't necessarily, although you wouldn't need a huge team if you're serving only 10 clients a year. Um, But anyway, I think the distinguishing point is team one market that they're serving. Exactly. And it can be a huge team. It could be kind of a mid-sized team. The size doesn't necessarily matter. It's more about their, uh, their reach. Yeah. I would say on average, you're probably looking at, um, a, a real estate team may have somewhere between seven and 10 people on it. Yeah. Um, if I'm thinking about the average team and then of course you're going to have some teams that have 50 people on it. I can think of a couple big teams that have, yes. you know, 50, 60 people. And then yep, the four, one in Arizona. Exactly. Yeah. So there's going to be a couple teams that have those, but the, the out, if you took, if you were to average them, they're probably somewhere around seven to 10 total people on that team. Mm-hmm. And they're in the, as Holly said, they're really servicing one marketplace. So think of like your town, they're in that town. They may, be on the outskirts here and there, but predominantly 90% of their business is in that town, right? Right. So or the, one, um, even sometimes one, um, block or geographic yeah, in location a, in, in a huge a city. city. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly right. Okay. So then, then what's an expansion team? So expansion team is basically where you start taking that, uh, that team approach and you start expanding into another city. You start expanding into, um, another state, some, if depending, if you're in Texas, you may not need to expand outside of your state. Mm-hmm. If you're in Vermont, you probably have to expand much faster, right? So it's the, the, the kind of the separating point though, is that typically an expansion team has a much stronger backing of people supporting it. So they may have, you know, 10 admin now supporting. Um, so it's a larger type of, of employee base to service the clients and the agents, right? And they've moved outside of their current city. So they have their home base, which is their, their area. And they may moved an hour down South or they may move to two hours up to your, they may be in Austin and they may have moved to San Antonio, right? Mm -hmm. And they have an expansion team in San Antonio. They've got a team in Austin and then they may, they have, it may have a team in Dallas. Yeah. In Houston. And and they eventually start, yeah. Spreading out. 
I think for us personally, just to understand this, when we launched in Vermont, we had a, a team here and we didn't really, Vermont is so small in terms of, of transaction count that it didn't really make sense to separate another team here. No, we do have one down south now, but that came later on. We went and expanded to Maine because that was the next logical step. And that was about 11 years ago for us, right? So that moved over in the Maine. Um, and when we did that, we expanded our business. We actually called it duplication at the time. Mm-hmm. We actually duplicated our business into another location. Um, from that that standpoint and then we serviced that area just like we would service the current area so a couple of key things here is that the client should should basically be getting the same experience and that's like your starbucks exactly analogy exactly yeah. so no matter where you are and that's why we call it duplication because we literally while it's a different um employee serving serving them like in starbucks when you order the cup the coffee it may look a little different but it's still got the same colors mm-hmm. it's it's a different person the same but, formula but the same formula mm-hmm. right so that's that duplication thing whereas real estate teams have one one recipe recipe yeah yeah be formula. <laughs> you could call it formula but real estate teams have that one core kind of um that area expansion teams have now geographically grown mm-hmm. they may be throughout the state or throughout the country they may be in a and just throughout the state like texas again that's like their own country right there or california yeah. right you can expand in those different areas or you get in the new york city they may have four expansion teams in new york city because it's so densely populated that you mm-hmm. can do those type of things and each one of those you know brooklyn is different than upper west side so yeah. right like you have different people you know servicing different clientele based on where they're at and they hire people to represent them in each of those areas right but it's it's one model system marketing plan yes (laughs) yeah it's it's really it's all of the exact same systems and systems for working with your clients and customers and marketing systems um, transaction coordination systems everything is the same no matter what state or what city you're in for that team for that expansion team yeah, and I think a lot of people, um, mistakes people make in this is they try to expand faster. And this is for any business, by the way. Most businesses, if they're not really have their core competency down, they try to expand their business to another location without having the um, the current footprint to an expandable model. So basically, you should, the only time you should be expanding is when the business is putting pressure on the business to expand. I see too many people trying to expand any business because they're like, hey, we're not making as much profit as we want to at this location. If I go expand, we'll make up for it. Mm. it's like I'll, I'll go over here and and i can just make up for the loss of money that i'm making here well no you end up losing money in both because now you're taking your focus and put it over here yeah, i was gonna say that starting that new, you see that with restaurants oh yeah right? you see it that takes in, so much yes, time and energy yes. and then what happens to your core business it's it doesn't a, do so a hot. great example of this is that you see a lot of restaurants that are not franchised right mm-hmm. or big owned with a model that try to expand and they fail yes and then you see mcdonald's <laughs> or your KFC or Subway or right. They can pretty much open anywhere. They, they open anywhere. Yeah. Or Starbucks is a great example. Dunkin' Donuts. Be, why do they, why are they successful is because they have a model that they follow that's already been proven. So if you haven't proven out your model currently, you can't really expand it. And that's where a lot of businesses get, they make money, but they don't know why they made money. And if you actually watch the show on Netflix founder, which is great about McDonald's, mm-hmm. they actually failed for years. Mm-hmm. They almost went bankrupt when they tried to expand their model and first the original founders tried to expand, which I didn't yeah. realize that they had yeah, tried to. Yeah. And then they pulled it back and they said, it can't be done. Right. It can't be done. It's too difficult. We, we ended up losing both. And then when Ray Kroc came involved, he tried to expand and realized we, that didn't work either. When he lost 
some control, control or there wasn't enough quality control in exactly. place and they weren't necessarily following exactly. the model. Exactly. They weren't following the model. They were just, they were, they were serving, they weren't following the menu model. Right. They weren't following how they made they things. They were being very entrepreneurial. Exactly. Which is great to have that entrepreneurial spirit yes. within a model. Yeah. But if you remember in the, in the movie, like how McDonald's was run so efficiently because right. of the way they had set up the, yeah. where every single piece of equipment was in the kitchen. Yeah. That's saving, the, saving seconds. Exactly. Like right. turning around time. And this, they once they figured that out and then they put quality control in there to like this is only what you can do yeah and and so you, there is a control mechanism but it works and that's why they have successfully succeeded everywhere mm-hmm. right and that's why franchises can sell for a lot of money and make a lot of money because they're a proven model that's what you should be having when you start to expand is you should have a proven model that you could franchise you could keep yourself you just the options are there because the model is is so proven mm-hmm. without you being the person most businesses this goes for any business is built around typically around a person and that becomes a problem because when you go try to expand that business all the admin support are supporting the one or two people and they're supporting the inefficiencies that that person brings to the organization instead of creating and supporting a platform mm-hmm. that then allows the organization to expand. I was going to say you can only scale a person Yes. so far. Yes, exactly. Really, you get a leverage for them, but really... You can't scale a person. Otherwise, that person ends up having, what, 500 jobs? Which is what kind of what Ray Kroc tried to do almost. He tried to scale his presence and try to yeah. scale it, and it didn't work because it was there wasn't a model. There wasn't a system. There wasn't regulation, all of those things in place. Mm-hmm. And so then he went and realized he wanted to buy the owner real estate, which he started that whole thing. And then that, and then which that was, real estate you know, gave him the, the control, control to do a lot of the things that he wanted to do. Right. So yeah. it was the control that he got, um, from those things. And it's the same way here. Right. So now we've kind of fast forward and now you're kind of waking up, whether you're a consumer or you're, you're an agent or part of it in real estate and you wake up and you go, well, what are these massive teams I'm seeing? Right. And this is why we started being fully vocal about this because people just kept asking like, Hey, what are, you know, you're all over the country. You're building these things. These are no longer just teams, expansion teams, because we're beyond that. Right. And that's where we define them as real estate platforms. And that's kind of that third iteration or third. And and there's not, one isn't necessarily better than the other. There's, there's just three different ways of operating. Yeah. And the third being this real estate platform. Yeah. And when you think about a real estate platform, they, it's consumer facing, right? That's, that's a, that's a big thing. All of these are consumer facing, but there's a lot of real estate technology and companies that are not really consumer facing, right? Correct. Um, so real, all, all four individual agent, cause we didn't talk too much about that, but that's mm-hmm. pretty self-explanatory teams, expansion and real estate platforms are a real estate platform or they're all consumer facing, facing right? Yes. Even these real estate platforms. Now the, the difference between real estate platforms, um, in, in this way in like, even when Zillow first started, Zillow was consumer facing, mm-hmm. but they didn't have the transactional component to it. Right. So they actually, they just, they provided people this, um, uh, this service so people could find homes information. and information, which is consumer service, which is consumer centric, but they weren't actually closing. Now they're trying to get into that, right? right? They're trying to actually get into the transaction so they can actually start having agents participate in their, um, in, in the closing out because they need all of them. That's what a right, platform was, does. I feel like that's a good example because that was consumer facing, but it, it wasn't also, there was no agent. agent they just took involved. the lead and sold, sold it back to an agent. Right. Right. And a platform is all encompassing. Yeah. So if a consumer went on there and looked on Zillow and they found this home, they want to do it, they Zillow connected them with the agent and took a fee for it. 
right? right. And that's how that worked. And now they're just taking out the... And now they're trying to just figure out those whole things. And, and, yeah. and that's why there's this kind of not necessarily a race, but there is a race of mm-hmm. this 18, 24 months disruption period that's happening in real estate, which it really hasn't disrupted yet. And it's about to, it's mm-hmm. like bubbling right now. Real estate is bubbling and what you're going to see emerge are these massive real estate platforms. And I think there will be a couple that emerge from this, um, in the next kind of say three to four years. And this, and what will happen is these real estate platforms, um, and it doesn't mean that everyone else goes away, right? So that's the people. Right, right. It's right just, no. I think what you'll end up, instead of seeing big brokerages run, you'll see big platforms run. And okay, I think that's so what, just the big distinction for what's it. What's a platform? So these have all the same services as expansion team, mm-hmm. just even more streamlined because there's more people servicing them. So instead of having one person do LM, there may be 30. And then there may be a director overseeing those 30, right? listing managers, right? There may be 30 transaction coordinators. There may be 30 marketing people. I was going to say, don't we kind of already have that? Well, that's what I'm saying. We do. That's what it is, right? So (laughs) you have, um, you have all the depth of a company of of the, it's basically starting to grow massive scale and a couple other key components. So you, so you're doing all the same services to service the client, Mm -hmm. but then what you're also doing is you're servicing the agent at a higher level as well too. And to human resources. You take all the financial responsibility from all these teams away or financial responsibility. So nobody has to worry about running the business. You now have a CFO and controllers running these things. You have a whole big marketing department. You have health insurance for your employees and for agents. You have a board of directors, right? For your leadership staff, you have um, productivity coaching, you have wealth management, you have nutritionists that helping your employees and your agents, your uh, and the consumers, if they want to, you have, um, uh, we talked about the you know, moving services. They have different levels of technology, the big technology pieces now, and the technology piece is similar to what, um, you know, we were using an example for Rosillo is the technology now is consumer facing technology piece and then agent centric technology, making their lives easier by con- by better really serve the better serve the client as well too. So now that this technology is now interacting with the client on your behalf constantly. So it's like, Hey, your air filters need to be checked, Hallie. Cause you bought a home with me. We put it in there. We check the air filters and we know that every six months on average, you need, you need to figure that out. Would you like, you know, Alexa to order you some. So they're, they're already doing, they're already staying steps ahead of, of people so that these real estate platforms are providing a huge level of service to the client before the client even knows they need them. So it may be like, they may know your interest rate if you provided that information and they say, Hey, guess what? We did some math for you and we figured out where rates are. Hallie, you should probably refinance your home right now. And we're offered to give you a free quote right here. And we're going to save you $300 a month. Yes or no. Right. So it's not like we're not forcing you, but now you're all of a sudden these platforms are, are providing value to individuals and consumers and people that have a home ownership before they even know it. And then again, it may even be like you move in and we set up with Alexa and ship your basic good supplies that you need directly from Amazon to show up at your house the day that you're moving in, right? These type of things. So these platforms are just massive. This is a platform, right? It's a big springboard for agents, employees, and consumers to all be linked together so that there isn't any middlemen. They're not missing anything out and they're servicing the client. The agent's getting the best focus because they only have to do their 5% of their job And each person in the platform. It has specific roles to provide a better experience to every single person, agents, employees, and clients as well too. Right. And I, and I was just going to add that it, it's even, there's even a little bit more that a platform yes. um, includes like um, title, yeah. So then, oh yeah, mortgage, yes, yes. insurance, yes. maybe property management, yes. 
um, rental property management. I mean, it's, it is all transactional, like you said, for the actual sale and the servicing of the client before and after and during that sale and all the ancillary pieces that go into real estate. Yes. Which, I mean, real estate is such a huge part of somebody's life in so many different ways. So how can they, and this is actually what I was going to say earlier that as a consumer, I know that if I can go to one place and get everything that I need, I I would do that all day long. And so that's what these real estate platforms as a service is, is giving the consumer one place to go to help all things real estate. Yeah. I mean, so you have all financial service bucket, right? Title, mortgage, insurance, constantly like evaluating where you're at, not just like, hey, we're going to sign you up and then give you a better rate when you decide you want to cancel, right? Mm -hmm. Like they are actually sending you rates of saying, hey, we're actually automatically able to reduce your rate today. Boom. Great. Right. You're done. Or like even your homeowners. Yeah, homeowner, homeowners that's insurance. what I mean. Like yeah, everything's yeah. changing. And then like your, that's what I meant. Like rate oh, for right. homeowners insurance. Like and then, yeah, but then refinance. you have a rate, you maybe yeah. have a refinance, but then you're given mm-hmm. the option of how much money you would save. So it's an automatic button and it's servicing the client from there. So right. Financial the services. I was going to say all of the equity that people have in their homes right now, yeah. making sure people know about that. What are their options? Does it make sense to just hang on to their home? Does it make sense to, oh, they knew that they wanted to do a reno yes. Well, they can do a renovation now from the home line, home equity line of credit, like things like that. Yeah. I mean, in over the last year, which is fascinating, you know, there's $2 trillion of net worth that has been created in addition to what's already been there for equity, $2 trillion in one year. It's about $35,000 of net worth per dwelling unit, right? Per unit that's out there, single family or condo that has increased, right? $34,000 in a year. So it's like explaining that to people, like, and just giving them real numbers of, Hey, you, maybe you could take out a home equity line. That'd be great. What would you do with it? Hopefully you're doing it with production type things instead of buying cars with it, but there's things that you can do with those things. So, so it's giving you the options of having all those things. And then again, you touched on it earlier is handyman services. Like, so like mm-hmm. just regular things you go to, so basically the real estate platform is one centralized organization that you only have to interact with for all of your home selling, remodeling, financing, insurance, yes. all of that tools. Like, like landscaping. I'm trying to find a landscaper yes, all right now. Stuff. Do you know how hard that yes, is? I know. And so like, <laughs> and that's the number one thing, you know, we hear from all these small businesses, like, Hey, I just need somebody to come over here and remodel my bathroom, but nobody calls me back. Yeah. And so when you, when you could like Amazon, now you just so used to going to one service, you go to Amazon to buy pretty much anything. Anything. There, yeah. Right? I mean, easier. I'll even walk down an aisle and there's like 30 feet. I'm like, I forgot to grab that. I'm like, I'll just order on Amazon later. And I'll be here tomorrow. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that's where platforms is just kind of an example of how we're living right now is people go to those to service it, right? In terms, they go to Amazon to buy a lot of different things, yeah. right? But think about a platform for all of your things, real, real estate, estate related, yeah. right? And that's where, that's where these big platforms are being built and they're going to get massive um, over the over the next couple of years because they're going to be adding so much value to the consumer. Mm-hmm. And that's what's going to drive all this is the consumers want that value. I was going to say that they, will, and, they want it. And the transparency it, yeah. that goes on between all that so it becomes completely revolutionized for how real estate is done. And, and another example of this is like, you could think of... Um, uh, you know, platforms for movies like Netflix, right? So it's not just one. There's a couple, Disney Plus, Netflix, Amazon Prime. HBO Max. Hulu, Hulu kind of brings Di- them all together. But Discovery. Yeah. Discovery, right? You have these kind of, well, this, yeah. Discovery Plus. Yeah, you have those. So you have these different online platforms because now you go online to get your movies, your series, 
you know, the show series, you get them to, you know, documentaries instead of going yeah. to different apartments, it's all underneath one. Right. Like Amazon prime. Exactly. Prime video. Yeah. yeah. So now they think about that same exact thing of just in real estate where you're going to one platform and there may be th- there again, like, like Disney plus there will be five or six or seven very large platforms nationwide. And they're all going to have a little bit different way of doing things just like Honda and Toyota, right? Mm-hmm. So there's, it doesn't mean it's right or wrong, but that's where the industry is headed. And that's what we're really excited about because for so, for since 1960s, real estate really hasn't changed. The biggest change has happened recently with these teams and then yeah. teams moved into expansion and then expansion has moved into a few of these real estate platforms, which is showcasing where everything is going. Yeah. I was just going to say, I was just going to say that the only other change prior to that, that I can even like a big change that I can think of is from paper listings oh, yes. to like online yes. multiple listing service. Yes. But other than that, and like bringing some of the stuff online. Yeah. Well, it's funny because people thought that when we went to an MLS online, that like the agent was going to be removed. Right. And it, it just, the happen. data did not show that, right. No. Actually more people want an agent now. Yeah. And what they're really saying is I want somebody to handle everything for me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well who doesn't be more complex and you really need it's somebody, very complex like, now. somebody who's really acting as a consultant. Yes. To, well, the real estate just, consultants. Yes. There's just so many moving parts and pieces. Yeah. So having somebody to be able to help you navigate all of that is yeah. critical. Yeah. I think that, you know, it, we may wake up in four or five years from now and there may be half the number of agents that are actually out there. Right. Mm-hmm. Then maybe not. Maybe there's, if there's 1.4, there may be 700, 800, um, depending on how that goes, there's more transactions happening than ever right now because there's actually, you know, and I think that's going to be this way for the next three to five years because people are buying and being very active with their houses. They're not staying in their houses as long. So there's always more turnover of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, people are seeing, you know, just from the psychology, the psychology of people too, they're not seeing their house as a utilitarian jump pad anymore. Meaning like before COVID, right. There was like, were you even at your house? Right. It was like, I didn't care. My house was, it was like, I'll say, well, I was, cause I like, I never go anywhere. Well, like, yeah, I get it. And there were certainly people there, but yeah, a lot yeah. of people just like, Hey, I dropped my kids off or, you know, sure. went back home, made dinner. Like I grabbed my, my clothes and went back out to this and they're, they're distracting themselves a lot. But now people are waking up and going, I'm spending a lot more time at home. I mean, even, even you and I who enjoyed our time at home, but like we've all started, even you has started going like, Hey, I can get a lot done at my house, even mm-hmm. working there, but I like the interaction. So this hybrid form. So if people are spending more time at home, I think during COVID this will change. The average person spent nine more hours a day at home. Mm-hmm. Even if that gets cut down in half, you're going to want something different out of your home. So there's going to be a lot of, uh, there's going to be transactions occurring over the next decade. And that as this feeds it, consumers are going to want more information, more visibility, more transparency, one person to kind of handle everything. And that's what these platforms are going to emerge from. Hey everybody, really cool announcement. Hallie and I have achieve freedom coachings, entrepreneur summit. Just the words sound good. I mean, it's going to sign up just from the word is coming to you on July 21st. This summit will offer four hours of training from our expert coaches with a focus on productivity, efficiency, lead generation, mindset, and marketing. So don't miss this free opportunity to learn what you need to, to have an impactful second half of 2021. Hallie and I will both be there. All you have to do is go to businessinlifecoaching.com forward slash entrepreneurship summit to sign up. And we look forward to seeing you on July 21st.